Welcome to Living in the Question podcast. I'm Sadie. I'm Elena. And today we have a special guest. It is Tim Rothschild. Hi, Tim. Hey there. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you. So Tim was actually on our podcast on episode 13. So if you guys are wondering what that other episode is, it's number 13. Go back and listen because it was really good too. But we are excited to have this conversation with you. Um, where do we want to start? Awareness check-in? Yeah, let's start with our awareness check-in. Okay. Do you so, want to go first? Yeah. And Tim, if you're comfortable with it, we wanted to have you give us your awareness check-in for the past week or so. Yeah. You know, awareness is a constant, right? So okay. it ebbs and flows and I'll let you know what's up for me for sure. Okay. I love it. Well, I'll start. So mine has been all surrounding just um, being present with how much I actually stack on my plate, mm. you know, like I have my good days and I feel on top of the world and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can sign up for this and I can do this and I can do- take another job and I can do this and do that. And then my mom is like, Elena, you're getting too much on your plate. And I'm like, no, I'm good. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But then I have like my weekdays where I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? This yeah. is what my mom was meaning. Right. You know? And it Mm -hmm. makes complete sense, but also like just trying to be present with it and use it as ammunition and like setting a fire under my ass to know that like when I am feeling on top of the world and I can do all this stuff, that's what's going to like elevate me when I am having my down days because I know I can do it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, just get your ass up and do it. Yes, it's a down day. Yeah. But just freaking do it. You do it every other day. Yeah. You know, so it, I'm kind of just trying to be present with using that as ammunition and fire for my down days to kind of like ease the pain of the down. Right. If that makes sense. Well, you're aware of it. So that's good. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's the goal right now. Well, and it's like when you have so much stuff stacked on your plate too, like I do that a lot too. Me and you're both that yeah. way, but like also being aware that sometimes you will have days where you can't do it all yeah. and that's okay too yeah. you know like having the balance of like okay I'm gonna do all these things but you know it's okay if I can't just being open to the fact that sometimes you just can't and that doesn't mean you're any less of a person right yeah so true oh I love that's that. good yeah, yeah. where are that. you at so we just recorded um, a podcast a couple of days ago, me and Elena. So this awareness check-in for us is a little strange, but um, there's actually one thing that I've been really aware of and it's just because, so it's fall where we are. It's been really cold the last couple of days and I'm so aware of the part of me that is like afraid to be in the cold. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. I get in the cold and I'm like, oh, I'm freezing. Like, oh my gosh, you know, like instantly your body starts to freak out, but I've been trying to like, no, I'm okay. Yeah. And like sit with the cold a little bit and like, Ooh. let my body like transition to cold weather. Like this is what happens every year. But like, I'm aware of the part of me that's like resisting. So, yeah. Like so resistant to the cold, you know? And it's not really like so much resistance. Cause I get excited for snowboarding at this time of year, but you know, it's yeah. that part. Like, it's like my body is like, 
oh, I'm freezing. Oh my gosh. Like, I feel like I'm going to die and it's not true. I feel you know? the same way every year. I'm like, oh, I hate winter. But then it's like, okay, let's just try this year. Right. Is it cold where yeah. you are, Tim? It's, yeah, it's, it's definitely getting there. I don't think it's too different from you guys, you know, the Northeast. Right. I'm just outside New York City here. So yeah. uh, the, the, actually the weather here is perfect right now. It's like your perfect autumn day where you can go outside in a hoodie mm. and uh, some pair of shorts and you can get away with it, you know, watching all the leaves turn colors. Mm. Uh, but, you know, very soon it's going to get cold. It's going to get wet. <laughs> and uh, I can't help but think about Wim Hof. You know who Wim Hof is? Yes. The ice man. Yes. Right? You know? Yeah. Every every time, because I hate the cold too, but you know, he really, he's got this inspiring, optimistic view when it comes to befriending the cold and confronting it in a particular way. And, you know, I, I think this year is going to be the year where I finally start doing Nothing. the ice baths and uh, the, the work for the cold. Yeah. I think, you know, I think it's time. I think it's time that I stop shying away from winter and, and just embrace it, you know? Yeah. Cause it happens actually, every little, year. Yeah. Right. It's right. like, why not? Might as well just like the, uh, the different vegetables and different fruits and different foods show up. It's like, you know, we need to be able to train our systems to be malleable and yeah. to be able to work with you know, whatever reality is throwing at us. So I think it's a good thing. Yeah. I think the stress and the avoiding it just needs to be just a new relationship there that yes. includes more, you know? Yes. I love it. So where's yeah. your awareness at, Tim? <laughs> Boy, you know, I was actually, I was going for walks a lot last week. And as I was going for just nice long walks to let my mind kind of drift and, and brainstorm about a few things. And I realized that I kept wanting to put my headphones in and I kept wanting to listen to something on YouTube or a podcast or this or that. And I kept kind of putting my ear pods in and then taking them out and being like, no, you know, get that sort of panoramic view, you know, take in the wide view and let your body relax and your nervous system calm down. But I kept wanting to put these headphones in. And I, I started to realize that there is, uh, as much as I thought I was already doing this, there are so many bodily sensations and emotions that I'd just rather not feel, you know, and I'm just starting to notice that there was a part of me that was spending a lot of energy trying to avoid these uncomfortable sensations. And a lot of ways I was making them so much worse, uh, whether it's anxiety or just a weird memory from like 20 years ago, a weird, embarrassing memory, who knows, you know, the ego throws all kinds of stuff at you to try to stop you from transforming. So I was encountering this again and I realized it was like, listen, man, just take the earbuds out and walk for as long as you can and invite everything in and say that you might know that practice. Yep. You know, we have a practice that we teach at the school, uh, a society of souls that's called inviting everything in. And essentially what you do is whatever you can notice, you give it a place in your mind, body, spirit, you know? So it's like your whole body is heart that has the ability to include everything. So whatever's here, give it a place and you can bear it. And, uh, you know, it brings you up against your edges, but it's good work. And uh, it allows for a lot more possibility, a lot more freedom. And uh, it's, it stops you from going into the habitual ways of trying to avoid life. You know what I mean? Right. It is wow. so true. I love that. I love the way you described it, too. I know. The whole time you were speaking, I was like, he has beautiful words. <laughs> he does. <laughs> yeah, he does. You do. I know. This is why we have you on this episode. We're like, this is a great topic to discuss with Tim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Oh, I love it. So you're talking about like bumping up against the edges and kind of like talking about the uncomfortableness and all that stuff. And that kind of leads us right into our topic today. Of course. Yes. <laughs> um, our topic today is going to be about trauma. 
and just kind of like how it affects our body. And I think we just kind of want to have a discussion about like what it is and, you know, how it affects us in all the different ways. And so I think we should just start it with what is trauma. Yeah. How would you describe what trauma is? Hmm. So I'm going to be coming at this as a, as a non-dual capitalistic healer, right? That's the main yeah. healing modality that I work with. That's how I receive the world. That's how I move through the world. So for me, when I think of trauma, the first thing that comes to mind is there's something that's too much for our systems to metabolize mm. in the moment. It, you know, a traumatic injury, you know, it can, it can be uh, physical, it can be emotional, it can be psychological, but it's something that's simply too much for us. And it, and it has an impact and that impact is called trauma. Mm, I love that. Yeah, that's a good description. I know yeah. I was trying to think about it too, like just in terms of like, cause I was thinking about the question, what is trauma? And like, all I could think about is the fact that like, it gets stuck in our body. Like it's something that is like immediately triggered. Like that's all I kept thinking about. And I was just trying to think back to like my own personal experiences of like trauma and like what traumas I've had and like how it's affected me. And like, I just feel like it affects every person so differently. Right. You know, and sometimes it, I mean, it kind of comes across at least in my experience as trauma. Oh, this one specific thing that happened to me. But I think sometimes trauma is the way that we're raised or certain relationships that we have with our mom or certain relationships that we have with our dad or anybody in our family or friends, just like, it's not always one specific thing that just happens one day. Sometimes it's like ongoing, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And you know, a lot of the ways we approach healing trauma, it's like uh, Russian dolls. You, you take one doll off and there's just there's another one right there you know and that's the repeat traumas that we have over the years if we're if we're in a bad situation right right and with it being 22 and instagram and twitter and pinterest and all these things like all this information is blasted all over and i just recently found out that i am a chronic over explainer and that's a trauma response and i didn't even realize that i i had that yeah like, I know that I over explain, but I didn't realize, oh my gosh, it's a chronic thing I do. I'm always over explaining and then realizing that that's a trauma response. Yeah. And it's not that I found one specific thing that it's from, but I think it's just from like a handful of things in the way that I grew up, but it was just kind of crazy to link the two. Yeah. Like, well, it's like the way that you cope, yeah, you know, it's like it a certain coping mechanism right. like, to make you feel more safe in some way, you know? Right. Yeah. A lot of times we do these wacky things because we're afraid of getting hurt again in one way or another. So, you know, like I'll judge, I find myself, I judge myself all the time. You know, uh, I, I'm first memory that comes to mind is I once, uh, shared some music that I'm, I'm not like a musician or anything, but I did make a couple songs with my now fiance and I was so excited about them. You know, I got to play my role, which is like the philosopher guy that's exploring reality. I got to do the lyrics on it. And then, you know, uh, Gina did all the track and all the musical stuff in the background and we, and we had a song. And I remember I went to share it with my friend and I shared it with him. I said, oh, check out the song. And then in my mind, I was like, no, I think I even said it out loud. Something like, oh, it's not very good. You know, uh, and I was like, where did that come from? Right. You know, I stopped myself. I was like, where did that come from? And I realized it's like, oh, I'm doing this because I'm afraid that he's going to say it's not good. Right. You know, so there's obviously been times in my life when somebody had a response to me that was too much for me to take in. Right. And some 
aspect of that became unconscious. And now I'm just playing it out. Whenever I'm about to be vulnerable or offer myself to somebody, I also put myself down or judge myself first. So then I'm sort of still in control of it. You know, they can't hurt me if I'm going to hurt myself first. Yeah. You're like, I already got it. I lessened the burden. I do stuff. Yeah. (laughs) That is so true. That's crazy to think about. I think I do that in some ways too. I think that we all, I think we all do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's true. So talking about trauma, um, well, we kind of spoke on that a little bit, right? Um, does, do you think that avoiding our traumas like causes more trauma or do you think it's just kind of avoiding the specific trauma is just, it's just stuck there till we decide to face it? Yeah. It's a great question. Um, yeah. you know, there's in psychology, there's first order, second order, and third order dissociation. I'm not a psychologist, but I read a lot. So it's how I know about it. And essentially, you know, it starts off where you get the initial wounding, which is sort of first order dissociation. And then you have all of the behaviors that start to develop around it so that you actually avoid the trauma or you can still navigate through the world with this trauma. Mm -hmm. And then you start to develop things like addictions or people who perfectionism, or people who are obsessed, me, for example, people who become obsessed with sports and playing sports, all of these things are ways to actually avoid feeling that initial pain or wounding. Right. So absolutely, you can create more traumas on top of the trauma. And the initial one is still going to be there waiting for you after you deal with all your behavior problems. <laughs> That's layers, right? Yeah, there's layers to it for sure. Oh, yeah. The Russian dolls again. Yep. I love Yeah, I love that. But let's look at it from uh, a view of kindness here. So the layers, the layers are kind of uh, accumulating because we don't know any other way as to how to be at that time, right? So it's sort of our our um, our unlearned self that mm-hmm. still has to navigate the world. We still we have to survive, right? We have to get along. Right. So if we don't know how to metabolize the trauma or find a new place to it or a more conscious relationship with it, we're going to develop strategies and strategies and defenses are so necessary. The right. only time that they're not necessary anymore is when you're awake to them and you're actively working through them. Mm. Right. That's the point. But still, you still have the ability to put that defense up. So uh, kind, there's kindness built into all reality. And these strategies and defenses are part of that kindness. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that view on it because that's what it is, you know, and like learning to create a new relationship to the trauma and like, it does take time, you know? Oh yeah. It's a whole thing. So with your background of being a healer, um, how have you seen trauma affecting the healing process? Like, are you ever like listening to a client and thinking like, and seeing it so dang clearly, but knowing that they're not even aware of it? Uh, Sure. Yeah, that happens a lot, actually. You know, you work with somebody long enough, you get to know them. Uh, You can start to see, you know, three, four, five sessions out kind of where they're headed, you Mm -hmm. know, because it's just the first example that comes to mind for me is, you know, people that hide certain parts of themselves from the world. So say you grow up and you're in a household where, I, I don't know, mom and dad only allow good things in the house. So you can only be a good boy or a good girl. You know, so you learn very early on to hide all of your bad stuff. And, you know, so you end up, you going through life. That's at one point you, you go through life hiding, you know, half of yourself. At some point you might completely forget that this half even exists. And you might actually start to think, oh, I'm a, I'm a good boy and a good girl. And this is who I am. 
and then you find and and then you cheat on your husband or you cheat on your wife for some reason and you go on a healing journey you go why the hell did i do that and you realize it's because you're never giving a place for these bad parts of yourself eventually if you're not a whole person these parts are going to get acted out in one way or another um that's the first example that came to mind so somebody shows up to me you know, and they, they, they say, you know, I've done something horrible. I cheated on my husband. You know, I, we start to explore, okay, what was it about the situation that was too much for you to bear? You know, what actually, what part of you is asking to be seen? What wants to be heard? You know, of course you're never off the hook for doing something like that, but yeah. it's a process of including more of who you are and, and being real before it gets acted out in worse ways, as we can see all around the world. Oh yeah. Right. And I, that makes sense. You know, there's probably yeah. your example, but yeah. no, yeah. I think too, like some trauma, like some traumatic responses, like are so hidden that we're just not aware of them, but like healing yourself, like those things will get uncovered going on your own healing journey. You know what I mean? Like those things will start to like show themselves and slowly rise to the surface. And like you were talking about the cords connecting all of the things in your mind, like that will start to happen. And oh, it's yeah. like, okay, like eventually you know, you'll find the root. But it's uncomfortable. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah. That's so true. Other oh things, gosh. other things that bring up a lot of trauma is going on a freaking vamp family vacation. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true with all the kids and all the siblings. <laughs> oh my gosh. And both parents. It's like, holy shit. I didn't yeah. realize this is bringing up a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like triggering it is triggering mm. it's crazy do you think that there's any types of trauma that can't be healed with regular therapy um that's a good question i think you know there's we live in such a wonderful time where there's so many different modalities available at this point um i would be surprised if uh, most traumas can't be dealt with in one way or another you know yeah. Uh, coming from more of a spiritual path, you know, some of my favorite teachers are people that have had really unfortunate lives or yeah. people that have been in pain their entire life. You know, I, I think of uh, our teacher, Sadie, Jason Shulman, yeah. you know, uh, there was a time when I was really sick and I got to talking to him and I said, he, he told me, he goes, look, I haven't really felt great kind of ever, you know, I really haven't felt good, but here's a guy that somehow found a way to give that a place in his life and become really kind because he's had to give himself that level of kindness every step of the way, because he's been mm. in so much pain, you know? So there's, there's a, uh, there's a healing way for everything. And with that being said, I think at times that, you know, injuries can be too much. Uh, but then again, um, there is such a thing as healing into death, you know? So it's all about having a relationship to what's here and uh, if you can be awake to it in a way that is tenderhearted, then we can call that healing. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the physical trauma has healed. Right. So healing happens on so many different levels. Mm-hmm. Right. So how, what are some types of ways that you feel like healing causes disease in the body? Healing your trauma. Sorry. You mean trauma. Yeah. What are some ways in which like you've seen or feel as though trauma causes disease in the body because when you don't heal and it sits there it really makes you sick yeah Yeah. you know it can physically make certain parts of you sick or like certain organs or things like that you know yeah you know there's a great book called the body keeps the score have you ever read that book i haven't read it but i've heard of it 
I read it, you know, many years ago. And uh, so I can't, you know, pull anything from memory at this point. But for anybody listening that wants to know more about this, I, I would recommend that book because I remember reading it and going, oh, this is the book I'm always going to turn to if I want to get not only a bird's eye view, but a better understanding of how uh, trauma is stored in the body. And that's where the name of the book comes from. The body keeps the score because it's all dumped into the physical body eventually, you know, just right. like the earth is the final dumping ground of all our ignorance and all these kinds of things, right. you know, because we don't want to deal with the problems, you know, the body is no different. So uh, there's many layers to it, but there's no doubt that if you don't deal with something in, in some ways it festers yep. and it creates it creates other problems because one thing you fall out of relationship with one thing, and then you start to create, like I said earlier, all these other behaviors to avoid it. And you start to create a, a much larger problem uh, mm. by not knowing how to confront it. Mm. So that's how I think disease uh, comes about, you know, and I'm thinking of it in terms of dis-ease, yes. you know, yeah. it doesn't always, you know, a, a physical trauma doesn't necessarily lead to more physical trauma. It could it could uh, leak into psychological trauma. It can leak into mm -hmm. all different kinds of ways. So, right. That's so true. Yep. Okay. So this kind of brings up the conversation then of logosynthesis. Sure. So yeah, this is the main reason we wanted to have you on today, because I actually did this with you and I'll share a little bit about my experience in a little bit, but we just want to like ask you for the people that have no idea what logosynthesis is, what is logosynthesis? Yeah, you know, I actually I prepared some notes for this. So I, I might bounce back and depending on your questions, I might bounce back and forth between my notes and, and what I know uh, yeah. in my memory. But just the, the bird's eye view of logosynthesis, it says that uh, basically as we go through life, like we've already said, there are moments when something happens that's too much for us to metabolize or too much for us to bear. And when this happens, uh, we end up freezing time and space. We end up freezing that moment in our personal energy field. And something called an introject is created. And an introject is basically a frozen perception of what happened. So basically, say I was being a bad boy. My dad hits me. Uh, from then on out, basically, there's a frozen memory of how that happened. And as I go through life, whenever my dad makes an angry face, I start to sweat. I start to shiver a shake, all these kinds of things. And then that can be uh, spread out into the larger world as whenever anybody makes an angry face, I might still have the same reaction as if my dad is going to hit me, mm -hmm. right? So if we look at that holographically or said another way, we just look at how that shows up in all other areas of our life. It works with everything, you know? So you yeah. can come up with any, as many examples as you want, but trauma is happening all the time in mm -hmm. big and small ways. So what logosynthesis does, it has a lot of basic assumptions that we can go into, but it basically, it works with the brain uh, in a similar way that EMDR therapy or uh, emotional freedom technique works. I don't know if you've ever worked with either of those, mm -hmm. but basically it helps the structures in the brain metabolize the trauma in a way that actually neutralizes the introjects. It neutralizes these frozen perceptions. So in some ways, and I've had this uh, a lot of success with some of my clients. In some ways, it completely neutralizes the memory like it never even happened. Wow. And, uh, we actually go through a process of uh, to, to sort of to activate it in order to in order to do it right. You have to activate the trauma briefly, not for very long, but we need to talk about it and understand how the trauma is following you around. Because actually, it'd be like just to continue with the dad hitting you example, you know, say 
say uh, I'm working with a client and they say, my dad hit me. I'm going to say, okay, well, where is the image of your father? You'd say, my father's to the left of me and two feet in front of him. How do you know he's there? Well, I can see him in my mind's eye. Can you smell him? Can you taste him? Yeah, I can smell him. You just go through this process and you make it very alive and you start to realize, okay, so there actually is a memory floating around in this person's field. So then you go into the logosynthesis process, which is we go through three different sections, uh, three different, yeah, because call them sections, basically of, of saying uh, sentences in a particular way. So section one maybe has three sentences, section two has four, and then section three has three. And you say something like, I remove all the energy from my field associated with this image and I return it to its rightful place in my body. Something like that. And then you, and then you give it a second to, to do its thing. And then you move on to the next portion. You say another couple sentences, you let it do its thing. And you do the third portion. Even when you're saying that phrase, like my body is like, Oh, like it like feels like it's like relaxing and like, it's so kind. Like it just feels so kind, you know, to yourself. Like, yeah. 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 So, and somehow, you know, I could, I could find the exact words for you and, and I could say them to you if you, if you like, but somehow, you know, it's, it has to do with the power of the word. And this is where it gets kind of mystical, but it's like, I don't, I don't give a shit if it's mystical or not. I'm actually a very practical guy. You know, I may be involved in a lot of mystical spiritual stuff, but it's only because I met people that were, had such a capacity for reality that I asked them, you know, how did you get like this? How did you become the way you are? And they said, you know, doing this spiritual path and doing these healings and blah, blah. So I said, okay, I'm going to do that. It was the most practical way I could find in order to uh, be somebody that has that capacity for life Mm -hmm. that can help so many people. So the power of the word somehow by saying these sentences and giving the right pause. And yeah, again, you, you know, you have to work with a logosynthesis practitioner so they know how to guide you through this. But somehow the process is the 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 memory is metabolized. And more often than not, if something was a nine or a 10 on a scale of trauma or stressing you out or giving you a major issue, it'll be reduced to like five or six, six after one session, after, after maybe two sessions, maybe down to a three after a couple, maybe not much left at all. You know, if you're doing it, if you're doing it right. And I just couldn't believe it. So yeah. I first started playing with logosynthesis. I started to use it on everything and I, we can, I guess I'll let you guys talk, but we could go into all the different ways that I've used it at this point and yeah. uh, I'll let you guide. Yeah. No. So you kind of, I just want to make sure we finished up like how you do it because I, I interrupted you, <laughs> but there's like the three separate parts of it, right. That you say the different phrases and then is that the end or I just yeah, well- want people to know. Yeah, the the setup is really important. You basically have to answer two questions. The first is, how am I suffering? And so you understand all the ways that you're suffering right now. And you don't necessarily need to know what the trigger is for it yet or what that memory is. You just need to basically show up and you have a problem Mm -hmm. and we dig into that problem. Then we we have to figure out what is causing my suffering. Mm -hmm. And so we need to identify some kind of a memory or one of these frozen perceptions. There's a process to do that. You know, I yep. just ask a bunch of questions and, and we figure it out. And then, uh, and then, like I said earlier, you activate it. And then once it's activated, you go through the process of saying the sentences. And uh, at the end of those sentences, that's you, you drink a glass of water and that's it. Yeah. And that's it. And, and it, it, it just works. Yeah. So you so, practice it on yourself with yourself. 
all the time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of books on it in terms of sort of self-coaching with logo synthesis. And that, that's how I got to know this. I just, I read all the books and something about, oh, it was, I was going to say something about it felt true to me. That's not true at all. How, I was introduced to logo synthesis by my healer and he, we were working with, I just had, I, I got sick for a bunch of years and I had a lot of trouble sort of uh, reacclimating, bringing myself back out into the world. And uh, he, we did these logo synthesis sessions and uh, the day after I did the sessions, I just found myself weeping through the whole morning and realizing it was like, oh my God, I finally am forgiving myself for being sick for all these years. And I had no idea that I was actually not forgiving myself because part of what logosynthesis does is when it neutralizes the memories that are giving you problems, it connects you to your, what they call your essence. Uh, you might also hear it as your higher self. Yeah. but it's your more whole self. It's the part of you that knows what you need and yeah. has a, has a meaning for your life. Mm -hmm. And so uh, by going through the, the, the sentences, I got reconnected to that part of myself and everything just clicked. And I just went, Oh my God, there's so much power in this healing modality. So I started devouring books on it and I started using it on myself for a bunch of months. Once I felt comfortable enough, I started to grab people that were very, that felt safe with me that I could practice with. We practiced on that for a while and we just had amazing, uh, uh, amazing results. And yeah. this history, I've just been using it as a part of my practice since. Oh, I love that. So I can talk a little bit about my experience with it um, as well. So I did it with you and we actually, so before we did a session with Logosynthesis, I would think about the specific trauma with my dad's passing and I couldn't stop replaying it in my head. Like it felt like it would get stuck. Like I would get stuck in it and I would just spiral and spiral and spiral and just feel more sick. And just, it would just get worse and worse and worse. And I would literally have to tell myself to drop the thought and just like push it away. And it would take hours to like, kind of calm. Right. So then I did the logo synthesis with you only twice. I think we only did it twice. If I remember right. But yeah, after I did that, I noticed like a huge change in like that trigger that would spiral me. Like when I think about the specific scenario that we did work around, like my body doesn't feel triggered anymore. Like I can think about it and just it kind of like floats by, like I can let it float by like a thought. I don't get stuck on it. I don't feel like, you know, mm -hmm. trapped in that memory and like, yeah. It's changed it. a lot for me. Yeah, it that's that's exactly it. it gave me chills talking about it. It's yeah. because it's like, you know, I've, I've I've heard it so many times at this point. Somebody comes with a traumatic memory, and by the time they're done saying the sentences, they're like, "I'm literally." They, they say something like this: "I'm literally watching the memory fade into the background." Wow! It was intense. It was vivid. It was in their face, and then after saying the sentences, it's just like just fades away. Yeah. And I got to be honest, I, I obviously, you know, I was uh, skeptical at first, yeah. but it's really easy to get into. Like, this isn't like, yeah. it's not a hard modality to, to discover and to explore right. on your own. And so I recommend anybody that's doubting this. It's like, go, go pick up a book, just go Google search logo synthesis, find a book, read yeah. it. It'll take a day and you'll be on your own practicing this and, and, uh, and really yeah. doing yourself a service. Yeah. Right. So, so with yourself and with the practice that you've done with yourself, would you just start practicing this and this would come up when you had a certain triggering memory or was it an intentional thing? Like, okay, tonight at six, I'm going to focus on this and I'm going to release it. 
using logo services. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I walk around trying to be as aware of my stuff as possible. So it would be like, you know, say I notice maybe uh, somebody in authority says, hey, Tim, uh, I'd love to talk to you about a radio show I heard you on. Uh, do you have time this Friday? You know, and instead of me thinking, oh, great, I can't wait to hear what they had to say. All I'm doing is panicking. Right. And I, and I can't sleep. And oh, my God, I wish they told me a little bit more about what we were going to talk about. And, you know, I'm suddenly I'm just in a I'm totally out of whack for like days and days and days. Well, you know, maybe, you know, I'm having I'm not quite having a reaction to this authority figure. I'm probably having a reaction to some authority figure in my past. So I'll sit down and I'll go through the questions and I'll ask myself, you know, what could be causing this? You know, what is, what memory is connected to this? And I'll, I'll discover something, you know, it may not be the exact one. I, you never know. So right. I just go into it with the spirit of play and exploration and I, and I chip away, you know, I start to use different memories that seem connected to, to causing me this anxiety and not, I find, I find at least a piece uh, of it and uh, it can, it can relieve again, my, my zero uh, to 10 um, scale, you know, if it was at a nine, it'll be down to a five, you know, wow. it's, it's like, oh, okay. This, yeah. is, this is much more manageable. And have you noticed that like over time? Well, I guess for me, I guess I'm asking you this because for me, it hasn't, we did that, I don't know, a couple months ago, logo synthesis. And like, I still don't feel triggered. Like it's not just something that fixes it for a week. Like it feels like it's long-term, you know, no, like it's not I mean, a it's, yeah. it's not a bandaid. It, it, it literally, I could go into it if you'd like, yeah, uh, there's, yeah, there's, uh, it works with the brain in a particular way to actually help it process the trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's yeah. Let's go into it. Yeah. Tell us about it. I want to hear, about it. I wanna hear <laughs> all of it. Sure. Let me find, let me find my notes here. Okay. So like I said, EMDR, emotional freedom technique and logo synthesis uh, they all involve the same first step, which is a distressing issue is identified and activated. So um, basically what happens is the senses collect information about a person's current reality. This information is passed to the thalamus within the brain. The information flows from the thalamus to the limbic system. This system regulates the person's emotions, memory, and sexual arousal. The first part of the limbic system is the amygdala. The amygdala identifies threats to the person's survival and triggers the appropriate reactions. The information from the senses is compared to the amygdala's archive of mm-hmm. previous threatening experiences. Threats that the person experienced directly are stored in the right amygdala, while threats that were identified by other people are stored in the left amygdala. A match between the sensory information and record in the amygdala's archive activates an unconscious memory. Unconscious memories are stored in the implicit memory and are re-experienced when activated. You following so far? Makes sense. The re-experiencing of the unconscious memory causes the person to feel threatened. The person doesn't consciously reflect on or further process the memory. The amygdala triggers an alarm in response to the perceived threat, and the alarm causes the hormone cortisol to be released. Mm. Cortisol interrupts the flow of information to the next part of the limbic system, the hippocampus. The hippocampus orders information and information that can't reach the hippocampus can't be ordered or stored in the explicit memory. So unordered information prevents the person from adequately understanding his current reality. He therefore responds with simplified reflex patterns like fight, flight, or freeze responses. Mm. Yep. 
you're talking about all of this and my my third eye just feels like it's like Mm -hmm. like expanding because it's like it just makes sense you know what I mean yeah Yeah. and then the next step so when you know say if you're using EMDR you're you're using particular eye movements if you're using emotional freedom technique you're tapping acupuncture points or in logosynthesis you're saying the sentences Mm -hmm. so what happens is the record in the amygdala's archive that triggered the alarm is updated to match the person's current potential. And the record may even be deleted. So the amygdala now triggers a lesser or no alarm when it receives information from the senses that would have previously judged as threatening. And information about similar threats can be forwarded to the brain's higher centers without unconscious memories being activated. And the brain is back in balance and the person can face challenges in the here and now with their full potential. Wow. So that just goes to show that like right now we could practice this, heal certain things. Like you could heal that certain triggering Mm -hmm. memory that you have or thought process that you have. And then in two years you can do it again. Yeah. And like push it like, like cleared out or do two sessions and it'll be more cleared, cleared out even further with Mm. everything new that you've learned. Yeah. Apply all the new that you've learned to Right. Feeling that part. So this is like bringing up for me too, just like the importance of language. Like I love logosynthesis in general, because like I've been recognizing just through, you know, doing school and like the certain language that we use and now doing the podcast, like how important the certain language we use is and like how we express certain things. And like, if I say something that doesn't resonate with me, like I got to change my language around that because it's like, no, it's not quite that. Like language really is so important. I agree. So I love that. I love that. Yeah. It uses language. The power of the word, you know, if you wanted to, anyway, there's, there's so many ancient texts and ancient philosophies that talk about the power of the word. Mm. It's just cool to be living in a time where there's this mixing of the old with the new. Mm. And so it's like, well, we've got, We've got the technology to prove that it works. Yeah, you just gave know? me full body chills. I love yeah, that. It's good stuff, you know? Yeah, it yeah. is. We're all like trying to figure out this new form of reality, you know? Mm-hmm. Just trying to, yeah, pick and choose what resonates. And I love that. Well, and mantras too are huge right now. Like I've experienced it my own self, mm-hmm. talking to myself in the car telling myself I'm a badass or telling myself, you got this, you got this, you got this, you know, talking to myself. And that's kind of what I, from what I'm understanding, logosynthesis is you're telling yourself. It's like an affirmation. Yeah. It's affirmation. Yeah. Yeah. You're rewiring your brain when you're doing that. Right. Rewiring your whole system. Absolutely. Right. And you're able to apply what you've learned and where you're at and all of the um, things that you've shoved in your pockets through all these years of existence, you know, and apply it to a harmful, painful memory. That's, that's amazing. The fact that we're stepping into learning how to do this and that it's proven and it's real, like, and it's working and it works so cool. We're blessed. Yeah. We're blessed to be where we're at. And I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, me too. So is there a certain number of, I guess we kind of covered this, but I would I would guess there's probably not a certain number of sessions for each person. It's kind of like depending on the trauma and how deep it is and all those things. Right. Yeah. 
you know, you know, sometimes we can get lucky and completely neutralize something right off the bat. Yeah. Oftentimes it's more like, you know, more often than not, it's like the Russian dolls thing yeah. where, you know, somebody shows up with one issue, we neutralize that. And then the next issue naturally floats to the surface. And then we neutralize that. And the next one, and you go, that that's how something like logosynthesis can become a practice. It can right. be a daily practice for you, you know, and, and, uh, you know, it's just like any other healing modality, you know, right. just, you get what you put into it. Yeah. Okay. So we weren't going to do this, but now I'm thinking maybe we should, what should we do a session of logo synthesis? Could we do that? Uh, I don't know. I don't have uh, I don't know if I'm fully prepared for it at the moment to do it live. Okay. Know? Okay. Maybe we won't, but you know, go read a book. Here's, <laughs> no, here's, here's why. If, if uh, I could probably have prepared for it, if you gave me a heads up, Yeah. I need, there's, there would be a lot of dead time. Yeah. Because there's a lot of time that goes into identifying what the right trigger is and it would get, it's, you know, it's pretty vulnerable. We'd have to yeah. talk about, you know, we don't know where it's going to lead. So I think as much as I get it, I get the spirit of it, you know, because uh, it's it's difficult to just take at somebody's word, right? To yeah. say that this this is what works. But let me tell you, the people, because some of my clients, I have to sort. It's like pulling teeth. I'm like, listen, I've got something yeah. that can that I really believe would help you if you just give me 20 minutes, 30 minutes of your time. Mm-hmm. I really think I can help you with this. And maybe after three or four sessions, they're like, okay, they're all beaten down. Let me give it a shot. Yeah. And then we do it, and they're like, holy crap! Yeah. And they, suddenly they're referring me to all of their friends and everything. Uh-huh. It's like I told, I told you. Wow. you know? But it's the resistance, right? The resistance has to show up oh. when you're not ready to do it. So, oh, and and also people just you don't you don't realize the power of something until you experience it yourself. It's right. just one of those things. It's because until then, it's just an idea. You know, I'm right. just, these are just words. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, well, when, so, uh, when you've lived with something for so long and you don't know that there's a way out of it, that there's a way to you know, not suppress it. Well, I guess suppress it's it a in part a healthy of you. way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you've identified with it for so long, you don't even realize that there's a way out. That's yeah. right. So yep. You're just like completely stuck in it. It's part of your identity. Oh, That's so true. Yeah. Hi, how are you? What's your name? What have you been through? And it's mm-hmm. just that one thing, you know, like, yeah coming out of that it's difficult it's a great it's a great point because a lot of the a lot of my teaching these days is about helping people to come out of memory what i mean by that is to awaken to the different ways that trauma is stored in the body and how we relate to the trauma in habitual strategic ways so for example you know have you ever you know had gotten into a fight with somebody and then three days later, you're still fighting with them in your head, you know, yes. you have to that kind of thing. Oh, yes. Yes. Especially and- when you can't explain yourself enough and you're not understood. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And he's right. You're not, he's not understanding me. Uh-huh. He, he was listening to me, this person doing this, you know, basically what you're doing at that point is you're lost in the narrative. You're yep. lost in your story of what's going on. And that story actually keeps you in memory. The memory is the stories that you're telling yourself about the situation. And I'm not saying that you have to get rid of the stories, but the stories that just don't include the whole, the the whole picture. And also you need to know that the stories prevent you from actually healing. It keeps you frozen in time. Mm -hmm. So there's a practice that we do where if you can awaken to those stories, just notice them, 
you know, and, you know, really terrible sensations of the body are usually have five or more stories sort of woven within it. But if you can awaken to the stories and then drop the stories and just feel the sensation that's there, which is basically what you've been defending against this whole time and keeping frozen in your body by telling yourself this person hurt me and I need to know why this person hurt me. I need to tell other people why they hurt me. As soon as you can drop all that and just be with the feeling the feeling actually subsides. A feeling actually might even go away to a certain extent because now you're, the small atmosphere of your body is able to touch the larger atmosphere of life. And then I think I mentioned this last time, and then the river can start to swim the fish again. Yes. Right? So we, we all store this stuff in memory and then we've got all of our habitual ways of dealing with it. And it all keeps us locked in space and time and it keeps us spinning. Yeah. You know, spinning in, cir in circles and we don't want to spin in circles. We want to spiral life and healing is all about the spiral. Mm. Oh it doesn't mean gosh. that you're not going to come back to this stuff. Yep. You know, you are, you're going to, you're going to come back to it. And if, if you do find yourself coming back to something a lot, well, it, it probably means that there's something for you left to integrate. It's not a bad thing, but you want to be moving through it. You want to be metabolizing. You don't want to be spinning in the story or in the right. middle. We just talked about that on our last podcast, huh? Yeah. Referring when you feel you heal. <laughs> yeah. Like kind of referring to it as buckets or the cords that we have towards certain situations or people, you know? Like any of us have a certain specific situation that happened or didn't happen and that we're not accepting and we haven't healed. And then like when you get into that or things come up, then it's like, holy shit, this is like overbearing. Can you hear that? A little bit. Yeah. Is it dogs <laughs> fighting? It's so loud where we are and I don't know what they're doing over there, but sorry, everyone. <laughs> you might have to go yell over the fence. Uh-huh. Talking about failed to heal. There you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. It's all so interesting though. And like when we talk about it like this in like a real intangible way, like it just makes sense, you know? It does. It really does. Well, is there anything, Tim, like you were talking about earlier that people refer people to you to do logosynthesis? Is that something you want to plug? Do you do that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Let's be clear. So I'm not, I'm actually not logosynthesis certified right yeah. now. I'm just a fan. You know, I'm an amateur. I'm a fan yeah. and I'm, and I'm using it with people that, that understand that. And we're, we're, again, we're doing it with play spirit mm -hmm. of play and exploration, all that stuff. Uh, but fact is it works, you yeah. know, but, but my practice is non-dual catalytic healing mm -hmm. and uh, you can find all of my stuff at the third thing network.com. Uh, I also, I teach courses, like I said, about coming out of memory or basically introductions to non-duality introductions to uh, Kabbalistic healing, these kinds of things. And that's what I'm doing these days. I also, for fun, I do a lot of numerology stuff. So I'm actually, I'm teaching a, a numerology course this November 5th and December 3rd. Mm -hmm. uh, it's on a Saturdays uh, in the afternoon. So I've been for the last 10 years, I was doing numerology uh, workshops all around the world, like literally all around the world. And uh, I'm finally bringing it online. So uh, I was going to say, uh, is it on zoom or <laughs> okay. it's going to be on zoom. And uh, so that means everybody gets the recording. So uh, it's, I don't know, it's a big moment for me because yeah. I've, never, I've never recorded them before because I didn't want anybody to have them. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah. this is my baby. You know, I don't want to give it away for free, but uh, I'm finally, I'm doing that, which I'm excited about. Uh, but any, you know, if you're interested in any of uh, the things that I offer, you can just check out my uh, mailing list, sign up for my mailing list on my website. And that's, that's okay. It. And your website is the third thing network.com. Yeah. Okay. Wow, I'm proud there of you. you. Go. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so exciting. 
Yeah, you guys, I've, t- I've done a numerology workshop with Tim before and it's really good. So get on that mailing list and do it because you won't be disappointed. Mm. I love it. Tim, love it we love you. Thank you so much. I love you, I love you both so much. Yes. Thanks for having me. Yes, this is such a beautiful conversation. Always and with you. Yeah. And we, I guess we'll talk to you guys next week. See sure. you.